Artax, no! Artax, no! Don't let the sadness envelop you, Artax! Join us, Anouk, Adam, and Yan, through the realms of Fantasia in the never-ending story directed by Wolfgang Peterson. We are the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard podcast. So, um, hello everyone. Hello. Hi. So it's been a while. Yes, we've been uh, jet setting and uh, yes. being sick. Uh, <laughs> well, welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Just Plain Standard 2.0, the revival. In a world of reboots and sequels, Big up. here's another one. In a world where summer just came, we decided to relax on the sofa. <laughs> but I, although, to be fair, I quite like the idea of us taking the time off before we're anyway big or successful. It's like, right, let's just have a burnout month. This one month, we're like, we're fine. Because if, if you look at that, actually, for what we uploaded, we did an episode where we ate pizza and we drank a lot of wine. That was yeah. our gap year month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a gap year. Gap year. We discovered ourselves that we're like, oh, we're actually quite good at this, so we should probably get back to doing movies at some point. We're definitely not good at reviewing wine. Yeah. Uh, that was great. That was a great episode, though. <laughs> Absolutely amazing episode. That was really fun. If you haven't... Is it live? Is it? Is it everywhere? Because Laura's in it for promotion for our friend show. This one went everywhere, yeah. So if you haven't had the chance, if you go to YouTube, the whole video is there and it's absolute glory. It's also on our yep. Facebook page, but the YouTube is probably the easiest place for everyone to access it. So Yeah, we have a few friends that are performing at the Fringe, so if you're anywhere near Edinburgh... Go and check them out, and yeah. they're definitely promoting on one of our episodes. So, and we'll definitely like remind you of who it is and where to go and stuff. So. Yeah, I think we'll have a playlist available of um, the films they're in for our French performers yeah. if you want to check them out. And they're there for the whole three weeks. So, speaking of which, um, War with the News. Yeah. Hey, amazing! <laughs> is it uh, actually happening? It's on. It's on for the whole run. It's uh, the whole three weeks, right? At uh, the summer hall basement. Summer hall. Basement, I think. Yeah, yeah. Just goes to show how hard those people work because the, it literally they were talking about it and then they've got it at the fringe and they've got it all sorted and we saw them casting for it and they've really got their act together. In a couple of weeks, they do their they open it right. They're doing it down in they're doing it in England somewhere. It's they they were looking for casting for Manchester area, so they were definitely looking to put it on to you know to have a goal before they hit the fringe. So. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited to go and see it actually after meeting the guys they're really really cool guys and the Bin Laden show was excellent I I still think about it on a, like if I'm just thinking about theatre in general I'm like yeah, that was really good definitely because I just did an event um, stage to page which is in Glasgow which is an event where um, new writers can submit their their to varying length of um, script and they get a chance to see some actors put their input into it get it up on its feet so that they can go back and finish it. Um, they just did last month was in the Tron upstairs where we saw uh, the Bin Laden one man show so I was sitting in there thinking about it I was like oh that's a really good show so I'm very excited to see what they do at the Fringe this year so should be good check it out yeah yeah. I booked I'm going to see uh, on the first that's a preview date uh, 1st of August oh wow uh, yeah 5 pounds so that's quite that's quite cool that's quite soon <laughs> yeah, yeah it's very soon it's a month just a month away very cool if that Okay, so this is a bit different, this one. Yes, because uh, we haven't um, put any film in a vault for a while, but today we're bringing a title from that vault to talk about it. Yeah, I figured, I had an idea for this, which was like, we just, right at the end of some episodes, we put stuff into the vault, and then every now and again, we should go and look at what's in there and go, does it deserve to be here? Shall we make space? Because I think the vault should be limited in a way, like, we, you have to come sometimes debate like, oh, should I, this be in here? Should I take it out? Is it such and such? So, which gives it a bit more gravitas because we're not just comparing films to each other. I think it's, are we blinded by nostalgia or does something really still hold up when I've not watched it in years? Um, so today we're discussing, I believe it was a Nuke's entry into the vault, right? It was. Yeah. Uh, even though even though Jan brought it into my head again, because I, I'm not sure what you said, but you said something and I was like, oh my God, that film. That was like my childhood film. Were we not talking about death or something? I'm sure it death. was. Death? We were sure, we were definitely talking about, because it came up to do with the, the horse, Ajax's horse. Oh man. I'm sure that's what, how Never Ending Story came up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so never, the Never Ending Story 
uh, directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Starring. Noah Hathaway, Barrett Oliver, Tani Stronach, Patricia Hayes, Sidney Bromley, Gerald McCraney, and Moses Gunn. Um, it's a lot shorter than I remembered. Indeed. An hour and a half, Max? Yeah, yeah. 90 minutes of very strange, um, fantastical, um, lots of... Um, what are they called? Oh, no. Goblins. Ma makeup and... Practical effects. Prosthetics. Prosthetics. Right? Um, and this is way before, like, really complicated CGI and computers. This is this was brought out in 1984, 85. And so... Wow. It's actually... It was really interesting to watch it on that level because it, this is way before any of this. I, and I, it actually held up pretty well. So this didn't come out here. Oh, this came out West Germany. So this is pre the wall coming down. This is 84. Um, United States and Japan are the countries that this movie came out in, which it was always in English, but it came out in only, it came out in three regions. And then probably as t when it came to DVD, it came out wider. Ah. It definitely makes sense that this is a German film because the music is by one of Germany's best um, synthesizer inspiring music. Um, Giovanni Giorgio, who is the man that inspired a lot of D Daft Punk. Um, he's a brilliant uh, electronic music composer. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, Very good. And you can feel that throughout the film. But we yeah. can put some links to his music. I get in the... That was another thing I, we were going to announce. Uh, I am going to be doing Spotify of certain movies that we review. So I will make a playlist of music that either fits the tone of the movie or is in the movie itself. Yeah, that's cool. That's available because obviously we have, we have a spot, we, spotlight. <laughs> We're on Spotify as well. <laughs> we are on Spotlight. We are. Any, any casting directors Any casting there. directors. That's another story I want to talk about, but we'll get there. Yes. Um, um, I, I suspect because Wolfgang Peterson, the movie he did uh, three years before, a few years before was Das Boot. Uh, das Boot? Yes, so I suspect uh, Das Boot! He wanted to do something a bit like fantasy lighter after this heavy World War submarine thingy. Das Boot is a great movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Das Boot is great. It lasts like six hours where it's long. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> It's like, that, it's that and um, Red October. In Search of Red October are the two submarine, great submarine movies. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that, that's the one with Sean Connery. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, yeah taking notes on uh, the Sicario I was watching yesterday, and uh, mm -hmm. there is uh, some relate some stuff mm -hmm. related to yeah Red October. Very nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start with since Anouk put this in the vault. Shall we discuss Anouk? Why don't you enlighten me and Jan why this ended up in the vault? Let's refresh the listeners on the reasons this ended up in the vault. Um. Okay. So you know how you have that film that you forget what it's called or. You forget pretty much most of the plot, but there are like a few scenes and a few images that just stick in your mind for like your whole life. This is one of the films that definitely struck me as a kid. And I remember watching it. I probably only watched it less than a, um, like five times in my whole life. But like Falcor, the image of Falcor, um, the little boy in the attic and um, oh, what else? Obviously Ajax's death. Was no, uh, I? Oh no, it's Ajax. Yeah, yeah. Ajax or it's Ajax, isn't it? Ajax is the horse, and yeah, a, 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 it's a Treu. A Treu is the boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Ajax's death. Um. And for some reason, I felt like really connected to that horse. And then watching it when I was older, I realized that you don't know that horse very well. <laughs> it's like in the. <laughs> It's like in the first 30, 35 minutes of the movie. That it dies, exactly. That's the other thing. This film is 90-odd minutes. This is yeah. not a long film. Yeah. No, we yeah. talked about that. I, yeah, indeed, I just checked. It's Artax. 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 Yes, right. yes. Because Artax. I was... I was yeah, yeah, is I, it A-R-T-A-X? Yes. Right, Artax. Artax. Yeah. Artax! <laughs> no, I, I um, in the same... Uh, Vain, as I said, that uh, I think it was in the Highlander episode, even though uh, I, I remember the Endgame film, which is not good, but I remember I've seen it enough that I was able to, uh, like, I had the lines in my head before they came. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, some of them here, even though I haven't watched it that much too, um, were, were definitely there. Really? Wow, okay. That's pretty, wow. When do you think the last time you watched this film was, Jan? Pre-2000? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre-2000 <laughs> pre and... Okay, let me think, because... 
I'm trying to remember if I actually watched it in the original English before. Uh, so I, that would mean that I actually remembered the French lines. Um, hmm, I don't remember. But I definitely remembered, uh, well, I didn't remember any of the plot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't remember it was called Fantasia or there was nothing uh, coming. Uh, I did remember the princess and the wishes. Uh, but yeah, and I, that I, the, when Falkor came out of the clouds and the, the flying and the getting back at the bullies. Yeah. Uh, I did remember that. <laughs> so oh cute. God. So cute. Yeah. They, they definitely, Falkor definitely was one of them. That's, so it actually shocked me that Ajax and even Falkor are not in it. Like for the whole film, like, um, they're actually not in it as much as, um, and the plot is super weird. The um, thing that the thing that struck me is that this is the rare occasion I think I've watched a movie and gone, this is like if you adapted a, a, a children's story, which is obviously to the plot of the movie, it's it's a book uh, that uh, the what's his name? Is it all? It's not Oliver. It's um, Bastion. 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 The well, little book. Yeah. Because <laughs> he lost his mum. I'm like, oh, you know, like oh, what's a what's a child that suffered tragedy in their life called Oliver Bastion? You know, they've always got like you go to go to names like Tiny Tim stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that it's a book that Bastion's reading, and you're like, this film really does play as it's a book. Like it really does have that feel to it. Yeah, for sure. That you're in a story, which is one of the things I really, really enjoyed about it. Yeah. It's because when you read a book, you're always, you're, you're, you're getting yourself out there. Well, you're not interacting with it. No. Yeah. Except is that there was a, a kind of a similar thingy, but uh, with films and Schwarzenegger, Last Action Hero. Uh, yeah. Which has yeah. a completely different feel to it, but uh, a bit um, similar. Hmm. Um. Yeah, it felt, with these days, most movies are above two hours. Uh, it's rare, yes. It's very rare for a movie to be on to the 90-minute mark, unless it's a specific type of movie. Because I was going to do a blog post, actually, recently about the 90-minute question, whereas, like, are there, are there super entertaining movies that are under an hour and a half that you can just stick on after work and really get involved with, rather than having to sit down and slug through, like... Like a bog standard Marvel sort of superhero movie is at least an hour fifty to two hours long, mm-hmm. whereas stuff like me and Anouk recently watched that we should pro- we will talk about one day um, Sausage Party, <laughs> uh, the animated the adult animated movie, yep. definitely not for children. No, I, w- I watched it when it w- went out. Uh, oh, yeah, it we was were, released. We all want. We I think we all went together. Yeah, I think we were all there at the cinema. At the cinema, and then. I I totally forgot how shocking the end orgy is. With <laughs> Spoiler! Orgy. Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, it's someone else. But uh, yeah, that's ni- that's ninety two minutes as well. But yeah, this it's not. It definitely doesn't feel it. Compare it to something like um, our one of our most successful episodes, uh, "Call Me by Your Name." Is it? I got that right. I didn't say "Call Me by Your Name," did I? Is it called? It's "Call Me by Your Name," right? Yeah. Yes, Adam. Yeah. I always doubt. I always doubt myself with that sort of title. Um, which is I don't know, like two hours something, right? And it feels like it's four. Yeah, it's quite long and slow. But that works in that film because it's not about the actual length of the film, it's the pacing of the action happening, which makes total sense. You feel like you're going on that journey with them. Where in this film, it's like, it's a book you can't put down, so it feels super quick. Apparently, uh, Michael Ender, the um, author of the book that this film is adapted from, um, hated it. You see, that doesn't surprise me. A lot of a lot of writers hate the film adaptation. Famously, um, the author and writer, but the, the creator of the Killing Joke, the Batman novel, well, graphic novel, hates like any sort of adaptation of his stories because it's like, if you write something so much and you give it off to somebody else to like have a creative control over, there's always going to be that. I wouldn't have done that. I would have done this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Unless if you're part of the screenwriting process, just like um, Rowling is. Yes. So so you get kind of 
keep the kind of uh, you're the the you, all knowing person you, on set. You're yeah. you're in a role. You're in a capacity of role as a producer. That usually that you'll see that is like the offer is involved as a producer. Like J- you're right, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. And recently, she became the screenwriter um, for the Fantastic Beast series. Was that before or after she wrote this? This worked for the stage play of um, the show. Do we know? Cursed Child. Yeah, because I think that came out first. The the play script, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This came right before first. the yeah. film, yeah. 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 So yeah. she 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 had a go at like having like state writing script as opposed to um, fiction novel, yeah. Esque. Um, I think a lot of authors also aren't producers, and that's actually a really tough. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that how much work goes, you know, behind the scenes. So being a producer is really tough. And if you're an author, mm. you don't really want to spend that much time, sometimes more than a year, on a film that isn't, you know, that Well famously, isn't. um Guillermo del Toro, when he was supposed to direct The Hobbit, it took so long for him to get that started that he had to go away on um different couldn't commit any more time. Yeah. There are varying discussions whether he left or whether he was fired because he wouldn't go the studio's direction. Um, again, we've mentioned her many times. Um, Lindsay Ellis, the nostalgia chick, did an excellent three-part series on the the whole process of the Hobbit movies, uh, which yeah. are available on YouTube. If you Google um, Lindsay Ellis and just put the Hobbit, it's all there. Yeah, check High, those out. They're really High, good. Highly recommended, especially episode three from an actor's perspective, which is all about how New Zealand and Warner Brothers treated um, New Zealand actors, which was eye-opening because I never knew any of this um, at all. So... Highly recommend that. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. So yeah, it's time, time effort for produce to produce something. It's one of the reasons I super love Itonia because um, Margot Robbie's a producer on that, and she turns up and then nails that performance, and she's a, she's got an active role as a producer. Like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's very tough to do. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, but I mean, going back to the film, <laughs> um, it definitely feels like a children's book because. It's all about the imagination. Mm. And that's why it's so weird because <laughs> you're kind of thrust into a story where it's like colorful and weird characters from, you know, somewhere else. Without any reference points. No, <laughs> to- <not at> completely. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, look, it's a man who eats rocks. I like that though. Made but from rocks. There's a obviously cannibal but yeah 80 80 <laughs> was it like 84 like the the all the practical effects and the the set design and oh, it produce, was... the um, makeup and everything just stellar it was unbelievable <laughs> really really when good. you as soon as you enter that world you're like wow this is it's all there totally it's, into it yeah um especially how they did the the stone guy that you're just talking about which is clearly it's two separate shots and then you, it's obviously a model and there's great uses of models and for scale and even even the green screen stuff that is in the film which is there is still for an 84 really well done yeah it is it is very well done yeah because usually if it's not well done you see a green halo on, yeah. on, on the yeah, borders yeah. of people oh. and it's just like <laughs> It's so bad. It just turns you off from the mm, whole production. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's um, it's a lot weirder than I remember. <laughs> um, I do remember though that the horse's death really got to me as a kid. How, like, did, you, how did you feel this time? Not that <laughs> into it. Just because you don't know the horse, so it's not like they're best friends. It's not like it talks either. It's it's a real horse. Yeah. Like in the world where there's magical creatures and stuff, and even the bat is hinted to, like, it doesn't speak, but it's like hinted that it's more than just a bat. I was surprised the horse didn't speak. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, but you, I mean, it, basically the first time that you see the horse, he, the narrator is like, and they were traveling around for a week. So you haven't seen that week. So obviously the boy is really fond of his horse, but mm. you haven't been involved in that week-long journey. Well, he's probably had the horse since he, since he could ride, really. Because he's no, he's definitely not older than an average horse's lifespan. So he's definitely had that horse his whole life. Oh, it's his horse? I, yeah, he's <laughs> not given the horse. He turns up on the horse. Oh, I thought he was given the horse. I think that's how it goes. I might be <laughs> wrong, but I assumed it's like it's his horse. Well, I'm pretty sure you have to assume a lot of stuff. In those. Yeah, there's not much. It's totally for kids because yeah. there's so much. Like there's so many plot holes, which is okay because it's 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 kind of cute. 
Like it's nice. And the music. Oh, I wanted to take the lyrics to do a bit of singing, but I forgot. <laughs> the, the the music is great. Also. Oh, I mean, never ending story. What you see. It's like being it's like being on a a, a hen night or a staff party in December, and they're like, "Let's go to the karaoke." It's like, oh god, never ending story karaoke. Stick on the the good, the bad, and they're just playing standard karaoke playlists. Stick that on it. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be great. Yeah, it's it is quite kitsch as well. Like it's kind of oh god, what's happening now? That's one of the things I like really do enjoy about this film is it's specific. It's so specific to what it is, and you, I can, you can see who it inspires nowadays. Like I can definitely imagine a, a Geldo del Toro watching this sort of film, going, oh, "This is really good." Or like, because obviously with Labyrinth, you like, I got you get a major feel of like, "Yeah, that's good." Or like even Willow. I don't know if Willow was before this at eighty four. Um, and then you, even as far as Lord of the Rings in 99 to 2001, like for sure, definitely take stuff from this sort of design. It was definitely, it's definitely the precursor to a lot of fantasy films that came out after it. Cause it's, 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 it's attention to detail, like the set, for example, when for the racing snail, which is clearly on a model. So they've, they've, they've made a model like they did what they do with, um, say Ardman which we will get to one day when we talk about my vault choice of chicken run, where it's all like <laughs> belt models. And you can see you can see the work they've done to make this work. And yes, you can see it's a model, but as a kid, you wouldn't. You would totally buy it because it's so it's so well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 88 uh, Willow. 88, so it came after, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think also it's kind of problematic when, and it's probably what's happening nowadays, that everyone wants it to be real. And if you can see that there's a problem, people are, I know that that wouldn't happen. And it's like, it's a film. Like, have we forgotten that, like, you can be entertained by something that maybe looks a little fake, but it's entertaining. Like, just kind of dispend your belief a little bit, your disbelief a little bit. I mean, look at Jurassic Park. Compare Jurassic Park compared to Jurassic World, the first one. I haven't seen the new one yet. Um, I don't want to see it. Jurassic Park 1 because it's a mixture of early CGI and practical puppetry, it holds up like 25 years later. Like, it's super good. Like, you watch the scene when the T-Rex appears and you're like, wow. And even the scene where um, Sam Neill and the kids are running away from the the, the Gillimimus in the field where it's clear that they're CGI, not models, it's still pretty pretty good. Yeah, because it's about editing, it's about cinematography, it's about... All those little things that you forget can make a um, make the whole film mm. rather than like, oh yeah, this dinosaur looked great. Let's throw so <laughs> much money to make the best looking computer dinosaur, but you forget that because it's a computer, there needs to be the, the cell of interaction. I think one of the things that works mm. when it's in this film is because there's no... See, I, this might not be true, but I, I believe that every animal feature in the film is a practical effect. None yeah. of them, none of them are digitally created, especially in the eighties, and espe- especially if this is a ger. I believe this is German made, right? It has to because it was it was produced and then it was picked up by Warner Brothers. Yeah, I think on. it. I think I think it was West German, West Jet. Well, yeah. yes, West German. The various studios in Munich. Right, so it's 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 West Germany made and then picked up by Universal to distribute in U, in the USA. So it's. I think so. So that's definitely the budget is not big either, is it? It's about ninety million. I read somewhere six. Well, no, twenty-seven million dollars. Twenty-seven million dollars to make. How yeah. much did it make back? Twenty million. Twenty million. So it made a loss. It lo- It lost okay. seven million. It was um, the director's very first uh, English-speaking uh, film. Actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's both. It did us. feel a little bit kind of. I don't know. The script was quite clunky. I mean, I say that with love. I really I, yes, do. the scene where the scene, the very first scene we get, which is after the nothing is explained with the boy at the dinner table, is very difficult going. It's not. It does. It's not slick. Um, I don't think with the father. Even so much that I bet Anouk, then you didn't remember that scene when you were a kid. You mean you only remember the you know the the magical moments of the world. Yeah. And they must have had loads of fun on set because it's always better to act with a puppet than a green uh, (laughs) ball on a head, pink ping pong ball. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I mean, they had to really build Falco. I think there's a a photo on Wikipedia where it just shows um, the um, actor 
um, Noah Hathaway or like right next to this huge head of a luck dragon. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, they had to actually build that thing. It's That's, crazy. And it'll be an animatronic for sure. Totally. Eyes, yeah. But you can tell as well, the way that it does it, it is very robotic and mm. it's kind of moves in a, a non-human way. Which but works, it's even, kind of nice. That's kind of what's, what works the best as well. Even if it moves in a non-human way, it's robotic. It's like that's foreign enough to the human reactions that it works in the fantasy world but that's just so. the way it, it, it totally but you can buy into it yeah, um, interesting. there's a thing with the teenage mutant ninja turtle movies um as the budget slowly decreased the animatronics for the actual turtles got worse so in the first movie when you watch it it's like wow these are really good and then you get to the third movie where they're traveling through time and fighting samurais in japan you're just like yes yeah, is just a rubber suit they're in isn't it that's people <laughs> in a rubber suit um which don't get me wrong rubber suits really work well i mean look at um godzilla and even nowadays we've got shin godzilla the the homage to the early godzilla movies which was people in suits um yeah, rubber suits can super work in movies don't get me wrong yeah but, but really, when done right yeah these are really tough on the actors because i don't remember which what was the actor who kept passing out uh, because the, the with the sun the suit was just too hot? I read something. Oh, recently. I know that. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Um, oh, where was that? Was that in Star Wars? No. No. I know there's a thing that Andy Serkis was roasting when he used to wear the, all the the stuff for Gollum. There was that as well. Oh, I can only imagine. I know that um, Reese Davies, who played. Um, John Reese davies who played Gimli, used to, was allergic to the prosthetic they put on his face as well. Um, There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm. Um, um, we should it, look that up. Look that up. In, in, there is, in Rogue One, because they filmed in Tahiti or some hot places, they had, they had uh, difficulties. But the, the specific case, uh, I don't really remember. What I mean, the guy in Alien as well. Um, the really tall guy who plays, in the first Alien is a suit. Yeah, and it's that's a movement directed piece that the guy moves like an like an alien. It's amazing. Whereas if they made well the recent alien movies, it's all CGI. Well, I don't know that for definite, but I would imagine most of it is CGI. There might be maybe a case of some suit stuff. But I mean, they they made it a point. I don't know the most recent ones, but for the Force Awakens, they make JJ uh, Abrams made made it a point to use mostly uh, practical effects. Well, mm. that's I think that's to do with the fact that the prequels at the at the time were so ill received because of the the digital enhancements. I mean, there's an ongoing thing with Star Wars fans about how the original you can't see episodes four five and six as they originally were because george lucas made them digital he added more stuff yeah that's uh, um, yeah you can't see the original pra prosthetic effects practical effects only movie um it's all digitally enhanced and that carried on in the 2000s when they made the new stuff when they made the prequels um although the, the attitude to the prequels now is, is is different i feel because you know it's it depends who had it. For example, when we were kids and we were fine, and now we look back at the pre prequels, there are some people that go, you know what, for what they are, they're fine. There are some people that still hate them. It's a very up in the air thing, especially now with Last Jedi being like fifty fifty. A lot of people not. I think it goes either people really hate it or people don't care. I think that's kind of the line. I don't know anyone that swears by it. Yeah, you have your diehard fans, and it's always up to you know, the production team before they even start filming or even writing scripts and stuff. Um, do we go with the fans, diehard fans, or do we go with like a new vision of it? Vision of yeah. it. Um, and usually it's like half and half because <laughs> they kind of want, you know, to make their money back. They want to make a profit. And yeah. also they don't want to lose their fans because those are the people that will stick by you no matter what. Well, one of the movies that we didn't, we decided, I think we collectively decided, even though we never talked about it, not to talk about was the Han Solo movie because we had no interest in seeing it. Yeah, we had no interest. And I, yeah. It was a massive flop. And I suspect it's because it was released way too soon. I think it's to do if they lost that the production of that is is very dodgy. I mean, if you look at when Ron Howard was on, he reshot about eighty percent. It's reported, and then yeah, the, the two directors were fired. Two, yeah, 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 and uh, there's a whole movement against Kathleen Kennedy, which is the current leader of the Star Wars um, Lucasfilm, yeah. Lucasfilms department of Disney. And I mean, YouTube <clears> is a wash of stuff like that. There's very, there's people that come at it from a social justice angle that there's too much going on to make it concurrent with what the political situation is now. There's, 
and it's some people obviously when were around when the first Star Wars came out and it's not what they imagined their heroes growing up to be it's just a big mess of you have so many fans from different eras that want different things i think i'm still and it was a it was a boycott for sure i mean people talk i i watched several videos around the time of people going boycott han solo because that's the only way disney will listen to us and they have i mean the the schedule for star wars a star wars story movies is indefinitely put on hold they aren't they are not proceeding production anymore on any of these like side stories yeah i'm also unsure why uh, again, but yeah, it's one small factor. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but why? Because before it was uh, when the the whole Disney happened, it was kind of a uh, normal like canon story, like normal, and then uh, a Star Wars story, mm-hmm. like once a year. Yeah. But this this we had the last one was in December. Now June, which is less than six months, it came out in May. It came out oh, around the same yeah. time so, as um, Deadpool for sure. They were like a couple of weeks apart, if that. It's, it's probably yeah. they wanted to salvage the furniture. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, um, this is all relevant because um, Never Ending Story sticks to what it wants to be and it's not afraid to go on its own like weird angle. Yeah, especially if the author was kind of, you know, breathing down their collars. Well, we That's really not the phrase. What is the phrase? <laughs> breathing down their neck. Breathing down their necks about, you know, how much he hated and actually wanted filming to stop and, and kind of is that, was all that these at things. The time? Was yeah, that yeah, at- yeah. Like he he I think he tried to even stop um filming. So the second so. time we've covered a film that's produced in Germany, it's been a it's been hated by the original creator prana (laughs) prana films prana film prana productions with the the state of um what's his bram stoker bram stoker going after nosferatu yeah um so they don't actually say anything about the prosthetics in never-ending story but of course you have gary oldman in darkest hour uh john matuzak in the goonies Oh yes, with apparently the, that took like five hours. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, John Hurt, of course, in the Elephant, Elephant Man. Man, yeah. Um, and apparently he had to um, as John Merrick uh, yeah. do it like miss a day each time, so do it every other day, like filming because of the strain of the makeup and the For prosthetics. Elephant Man. Yeah, there's an excellent um, infographic somewhere on the internet, which is um, a load of iconic monsters. With either, and it tells you if they're either CGI or effects, and they tell you who designs it. It's like almost like the movie poster that you may, some viewers will have seen in uh, the background of some of our um, other episodes. Um, I will find that for Jan, and it will be linked out with when yeah. this episode comes out because uh, uh, it's a very interesting picture. Jennifer Lawrence. It took eight hours to paint her body for Mystique. Well, that's interesting. They actually painted her because I could imagine that being a CGI thing. I think in the beginning. Yeah, the it first. took longer, and then now it's much easier. But it's only cut like two hours. Did, from... Didn't she say something of the second one that she wasn't going to be painted blue? Maybe I I thought I heard her say that that to avoid the makeup that they were just going to do it in CGI afterwards. Uh, not necessarily in CGI, but I think in the, the last iterations, uh, it was a part was. Uh, uh, suit, right? Okay. Painted suit, okay. yes, but very thin, like skin. Right. Okay. You'd have to be also. It'd have to be really. I'm sure very expensive paint because, as we know from James Bond, um, oh, what's yeah, called? gold gold me- Goldfinger, gold member, gold member, not gold, gold member, Goldfinger. Um, you can probably die from asphyxiation. Did she not get lead poisoning or something? Yeah, I mean, that's the way he killed people, right? Just spray painted them gold and well, then they just die because their pores couldn't breathe. Yeah. Um, I Jane, no, I thought there was, a, there was a story about that actress got really ill after that. Yeah, it could be. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised. Gold. Apparently, um, gold as well. Gold finger. Tom, oh, thank you. Um, Tom Hanks says that he was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in 2013. Because of his dramatic weight fluctuation from Castaway. Oh man, Castaway! There's so many things that like it's so super dangerous, and because money's involved. Have you guys seen Castaway? I haven't, oh, but I really do movie. want to. I ha- see. I told you I haven't seen. I'm that gonna many stick films. that in the vault at some point. I have. I have, and uh, lines were written for Wilson. Wilson, I'm sorry, Wilson. <laughs> I'm. Yeah. That. Yeah. I'm really sad that I don't get that reference, but it's like everywhere. Everyone you, does if, that. If you think the death of um, Atax 
No, is, not is, anymore. It's traumatic. <laughs> then the death of Wilson and Castaway is that's that was so horrible. It's heartbreaking. It wasn't traumatic. Um, very symbolic though. But anyway, um, so never. That's, that's one thing that shocked me that the message of the never-ending story was really profound, very deep, and yeah. it was a lot more deep than obviously a child can at all realize. Like the reason why Fantasia is dying is because our imaginations are dying in the human world. Mm. Um, and that's why he has this kind of strict father in the beginning. Cause it's like, he's trying to strip him away from Imagine his imagine yeah. his imagination because daydreaming. And I mean, he, all of us will probably remember being told off for daydreaming in, yeah. in school. And I, I mean, of course I understand it. Like, you have to pay attention in school, stay in school, kids. But um, yeah, you're kind of told off when you're when you use your imagination too much. Like, oh, what a load of nonsense and all that. Yeah. So it was so deep. Well, that's the, it's a societal thing that arts are not as valued as much as you know earning money. I think me and Anouk had a conversation today even about like the whole idea of like if you buy something or buy a service to repair, say even you buy a sandwich, you like, yeah, yeah, somebody's made me a sandwich, I'll pay them. But as soon as you get to something creative, like say podcasting or especially music, because music is one of the highly most highly pirated media out there, um, people just don't want to pay for creative stuff. Yeah, because there is this huge, um, yeah, but it will be exposure, yeah? I have a friend actually who's a, a photographer and she has a lot of these stories of like, oh, please do this gig and it's a great exposure for you. Um, I'll try and get her on at some point. Hopefully I'll ask her next time I'm back in the family. It's like, surely that's up to me to decide what is good exposure and what isn't. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And also even without being paid, there is also this uh, in-kind concept. Yeah. So right. I mean, uh, uh, when I did the, um, the little workshop with Sam, he was explaining how to get um, venues and stuff. If you get like, you agree to get the the sales of one night to the actual venue, or if you do uh, box office for them, or whatever, yeah, there's always ways to to uh, to do in kind, and uh, nobody mm. feels like uh, they were robbed. <laughs> I think we forget as well that like the arts extends from like towards everything, like. You know, all these businessmen that, you know, want to look sharp, uh, that's art. Like, yeah, so suits, what you yeah. wear is art. What you, every person nearly in, in the whole of the Western um, society has a TV. That's art. Like yeah. everything that is designed and everything that is like looks pretty and looks creative is art. So we use it all the time, but we just don't, because it's so normalized and because it, we live in a capitalist world, it's kind of somehow connected to business and money and um, kind of production meetings. And actually it's, all of it is art so if we actually realized that and and talked about that more we'd probably the arts would probably be the most the, the richest thing and i mean of course hollywood and that that's also another thing of like when people think of actors they immediately think of hollywood yeah. and they think that we're all paid amazingly it's like yeah. no um, <laughs> i think I, sadly the fact that this didn't make any money it's probably a godsend to this movie because it means that it hasn't had a butchered remake you know it's like being left alone and it stands as its own piece of film that you can go back and look at and go this is really good well that's the problem like if you make money then lots of people that actually have a, no desire in what you are making and no kind of heart um in and direction in what you're making they just want a piece of the pie mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And so the individuality and also artistic creative difference is kind of left out because they just want to make everyone happy and they yeah. just want everyone to, because they want more money. So that's usually how it, that's usually why quite a lot of, you know, big budget movies aren't that creative. And if they are, it's kind of kudos to everyone that was involved. Because I, yeah. I had a thought the other day when I was in the shower, as you do, because yeah. the shower is where you have all your thoughts that or, you don't even talk about. Or you sing. Or you sing, yes. Uh, or you act. Yeah. <laughs> to be, yeah, in the shower, just reciting monologues. Doing your monologues, yeah. Yeah. Um, can any of you tell me a Marvel movie that is stuck with you, that you think about on a monthly or weekly basis? This is probably really controversial, but I have no idea what Marvel has done and what they haven't done. 
I was because I was thinking because we're gonna we have a friend coming over, so we're gonna discuss um, Black Panther again. I was thinking I don't remember Black Panther. Like I can remember bits if I think about it, but it it hasn't stayed with me. But that's yeah. the case for every single one, and I don't know whether that's because I'm not a super I'm a massive superhero fan or whatever. But I think that's the case. A lot of the case for a lot of modern day movies is they're kind of forgettable. Is it for the the there and now? Here and now, sorry. As Movies in like, are made for you moment. watching it in the cinema in the moment and then you leave and immediately you think, that was amazing. And then you forget about it. Yeah. Almost, it's not really about Well, that. I think, yes, there's a point for that. And it's also like, if a movie doesn't do well, the turnaround for it coming out on DVD, for example, Dark Tower that bombed in cinema, but it was like, Jan told us it was out in like eight weeks later. It was like out on digital download. Sometimes the turnaround is amazing, which makes me think it's like, right, so it's just about, yes, it's here and there. Because there's so many movies getting made now, it's like, here's the spotlight, here's the movie, you haven't seen it, now you can see it here. It's yeah. never about, I've made a movie, please come and watch it. Yeah. Infinity War is going, well, at least in France, at the end of August in physical supports, like Blu-rays and DVDs. Okay. Ah. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's still... Like, it was released at the end of April, right? So that's yeah, not that far. Yeah, that's 27th. Yeah. And uh, that's not that far. No, well, I cannot say I had any kind of transformational experience with a Marvel movie. Mm. Uh, but the those are the ones that I put in... Uh, well, that's the ones that are in the vault. Uh, and I, I, I know that 1996 Hamlet made me want to act. Mm. So that's, in a way, part... That movie is defining parts of my being today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, now that I'm starting to watch movies more on a analyzing level, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I can appreciate. Like, I've seen Sicario, mm-hmm. which is about the Mexican cartel, right? Yeah. Uh, I one of those defining movies I have is Scarface. Yeah, uh, 84, or the original of the uh, Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. 84. 84? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, not the Paul Mooney one, but <laughs> the, the 33, not, not this one. And it's, I mean, it was mostly part because Al uh, Pacino was in Scarface, because uh, mm-hmm. I have like big phases. If you look at some of my DVD collections, I sort them by actors. Right, okay. Nice. Uh, so I have like uh, 25 DVDs with the. Uh, a Pacino in it, or yeah. Um, Does that include Jack and Jill? No, I stopped uh, right God. around. I stopped really uh, caring that much right around. I think it was like th- um, uh, Dog Day Afternoon. No, what was the uh, the recent um, sports like ten years ago thing? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Al Pacino was in. <sighs> Al Pacino was in a sports movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't remember. I think I stopped watching uh, Pacino movies 10 years ago. There's some really good sport movies. I mean, uh, Moneyball is good. It's got Brad Pitt in it. I, Tonya is good. <laughs> not, not by young. There's also the, um, the football one um, about Millwall. Escape to Victory. <laughs> Invictus? Oh, no, no Invictus is um, like Matt Damon in, in South Africa. It's not Green Mile. Green- That's the other one. Do you mean... Um, it's really good and it's it's really kind of changed my life in in certain aspects. Are you um, are you shitting me? Yeah, a football movie changed your life in 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 aspects. Yeah, because well, because wow. it, it's something that I think about a lot and um, I don't know the name of it. It's it's also very human, which I quite liked because you know w- when it comes to um, like if someone says, "Do you want to watch a football movie?" I'd be like, "No, thank you." Well, there but, are there are. We should. Do, I, I did think about how we should do two movies because of the World Cup, but by the time they're out, we would miss it. We should have done um, Escape to Victory, which has got Pele and many another actual famous footballers in it with Michael Caine, and also um, Early Man, which is an Ardman movie, which is actually a football movie. Cool. That's actually. I, I'm going to find out that the the thing of that but it's it's more it's a football movie but it's kind of about hooligan, hooliganism because obviously oh, right, mill okay. millwall against someone okay. anyway okay but i mean sometimes the message is so clear and so impactful that you will i mean i haven't that ha i haven't had that uh in recent uh mem- memory but now i w- i i clearly appreciate uh and also helped that it was Denis villeneuve uh doing it and i loved um blade runner 2049 but sicario is really excellent uh the first one of the sequel 
the sequel, I still need to uh, probably go see that to tonight or tomorrow, uh, Sicario 2. All right. But that's not the same director. Right, okay. About the same writer. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah. Uh, an actor, by the way. Actor, producer. Uh, uh, I know the guy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Green Street. Oh, that, I didn't even know that was a football movie. Alexi Alexander. Right. Um, um, it's about West Ham football. West Ham. Is West Ham versus Millwall? Yeah. Right, okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really well done. I don't know why I'm talking about Green Street though. Um, that you think about football, uh, yeah, all the time. I yeah, it, it was just something that changed my life, and that's sort of indie. Um, I don't think it had mm. that bigger budget, but um, yeah, sometimes having a big budget is it takes away from the creativity. So maybe as much as it probably would have hurt everyone that was involved in the never ending story the fact that they lost 7 million that's a lot um, i think yeah at I, least they were able to uh keep their creativity in their story i think it also challenges you to fi- find a way to do something without having the funds to do it you know like we have to make this practical because we can't afford to make it digital i guess so There's even though having too. 20 million dollars is quite a big budget well we'd have to work out what that is at, at it fully and we'd have to work out what that is with inflation with from 84 84 that's so true um, um yeah I, i'm not sure but it seems like quite a, a lot a, a quite a big budget to mm. have um so and they made quite a lot of it back if not um, I mean, what costs a lot these days is CGI, right? Because of the sheer amount of people you have to pay. Oh yeah, so true. Or um, marketing. It depends if they add marketing into the budget. Yeah. Which is, I, some people do. I, it makes sense to do that, um, especially if you know the story doesn't sell itself. Like some stories are kind of strange like, and yeah, if it's not weird. And brand. I think Never Ending Story probably would have had that problem where it's like maybe that's why they lost money. Um, because the author wasn't into it, that probably kind of cut things down. And also because it's quite strange and it's quite childish in a way that maybe that also didn't help. Also, we don't, in, in the 80s, there's no such thing as like a press junket. Like the world that we live in now where you see videos of the stars talking yeah. about the movie for about four months yeah. on and on and on doesn't didn't really exist back in the mm. 80s. Yeah, that's travel and that's, the, I think that's half the budget. So you've got... Um, so let's say you've got a movie that costs 200 million. You take half of that and you add it. So that's uh, 100 million on top for the marketing. Oof, that's, that's really wow. That's and you have expensive. to sell those tickets, man. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't help, and it doesn't help you if, if even the studio knows that the film isn't that great and they're still going to market it. Um, well, it's especially when you've got the actors and on, on the press junket that it obviously hate the movie. And it's like, like, um, uh twilight boy what's his name Patterson. Ed, 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 Rob, robert, robert, robert Patterson obviously was not enjoying the his um character and film so it was quite funny to do you want to do you want a funny anecdote about twilight you know yeah. the writer when they were casting that film she had stephanie he, Meyer, Meyer. She, she had um henry cavill in mind for the part of uh whatever the yes henry cavill was meant to be whatever the character i would have was. preferred that see this is the problem. There are so many minds and stuff going on when you're kind of. Well, the studio probably went get that cute boy that was in Harry Potter. Yeah, he's that. That will put bums on seats. To be fair. Yeah, Cedric Diggory. Um, yeah. Cedric Diggory. Um, yeah, so totally nostalgic that film. Mm. Mostly. Was there anything that stood out to you watching it again as an adult, as an, as an, a creative as well? I think the prosthetics and 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 also uh, world building mm. was really good. Like I was totally enveloped in the world, and it felt real. So that's a big kudos, I think. I like how the obviously the attic set is lived on in so many films. I mean, like Anouk, me and Anouk were trying to think of films that use the idea of like the boy in the attic on his own reading a book. And the big one you would go for in the eighties is Jumanji, which we talked about the follow up to it. But with them in the attic, I thought of um, Goosebumps as well. And there was also another, I think it's called the Chronicle of Webb or something like that. It's mm-hmm. really weird. They tried to make them and it didn't really take off. Is, is that the cultural thing here? Goosebumps? Because I've seen uh, in America, I've seen, I, I, it is, I've, yeah. I've seen a Jack Black movie and it's like about like um, stuff coming out of books, right? 
Was what well, Goosebumps were a series of kids' books, but I didn't read them. I don't know if they were big over here. I know they're quite big in America. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they were very It was like Horrible Histories. Well, Horrible Histories was about actual events. Goosebumps were fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I think it's kind of like it starts with children reading a book and then the characters become real. It's a little bit connected. Ah, I right. Think. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, if... Does anyone else have anything to add? No, I'll just uh, make sure, because I talked about that once. Uh, I didn't want to spoil it, so we'll probably need to watch that before we record the next episode. I talked about the Tales from the Crypt. Oh, right. Two amazing episodes, one in, uh, um, related to Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And I've watched them like a few weeks ago. Again, it is just tremendous work. Okay. Uh, it's right. like, and it's uh, ha, tw- uh, half an hour or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's still smart. So, so smart. Uh, it's like an anthology, like the very first uh, anthology kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, that sounds great. That sounds really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've got a story to tell if, if we're wrapping with the, the actual never ending story part of the episode. Um, rating? No, well, before. Afterward? Yeah, afterwards, yeah. So um, there's a trailer out for a movie I auditioned for. Yes. Um, last year I I got the chance to self-tape for a movie. I won't discuss the, the title of that at the time, but um, it now came out with a trailer for it, and I watched the trailer and went, ah, that's who I auditioned for. And uh, it looks great. It's got, um, it's got it's Joe, Joe, is it Joe, it's not Joe Swash, um, si- Joe Simon, I can't remember, one of the in-betweeners. God, what's his name? Si- Joe, Joe, Joe Armstrong, isn't it? Yeah, he plays. Or Joe Thomas, no, it's Joe Thomas, Doesn't I think. he play Simon in the in the in-betweeners? Yeah, That's and um, yeah, it's, it's Simon in in-betweeners. And uh, Bernie from Love, the Netflix series yes. is also in it. Oh, she's adorable. The Australian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Claudia O'Dorothy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the, the, the film is called The Festival, and I believe the part I read for is uh, Simon from Inbetweener's best friend. I believe that's me. I don't know. It might not be, because it might have changed, because the title has changed from what I, I when I read it. It's now called The Festival. Um, but it looks pretty similar to what the idea was when I auditioned. So that was a very interesting experience, actually, watching something that you auditioned for. Going, ah, okay. I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm still excited to see it. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter about it. I mean, um, obviously, choices are made because it works for the movie, and it's. I think I even think that it kind of sh- maybe maybe changed direction once they got certain talents involved. Like if you get the guy from the in betweeners, like we've got, okay, let's get some like bigger names. So mm-hmm. you never know, but. Uh, no, that was an that was an interesting experience to watch uh, a trailer for something that you auditioned for. Yeah, um, very cool. That's cool though. It was nice to see that it actually got made because I was like, oh, maybe the project fell through, but no, it's it's coming out. It's out in August over here anyway in England, England, UK, and uh, I don't know about America, but it, maybe who knows? I'll keep everyone up to date when it comes out. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe we won't. Yeah, depends on the, depends on the movie. <laughs> do it yeah uh i didn't talk about my um blade runner experience did i on air no not yet so there is this thing called secret cinema and they just did uh they, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary so usually it was mainly in london and it was secret (laughs) <laughs> so you would uh, go online and get tickets and never know where it was uh, and up until a few days before and it was uh, not that expensive. Now they've launched what they call Secret Cinema Presents. Right, okay. So it's way bigger and it's uh, you've got VIP tickets so it's more expensive uh-huh. depending on uh, what you take, depending on what you choose. Mm. Uh, I went to see so uh, Blade Runner uh, that was uh, last month, and it was uh, it was it was nice. Uh, the thing is, so the idea is they bring you into the world of the film they're doing. So there was the uh, Chinatown with the rain, and you, you yeah. were eating noodles, and uh, you had missions and to chase the replicants and uh, <laughs> and that kind of stuff, and uh, trade uh, photo memories. And try to uh, yeah I was I was an undercover agent and I was uh, promoted to Blade Runner uh, at the end. All right, okay, <laughs> uh, which was quite cool. Yeah, I was in a group of two or three, uh, which was quite nice. And well, the only thing I would uh, I regret a bit is uh, not watching the film 
before, uh, like a few weeks before, mm. mm-hmm. because uh, so at the end of all the experience, when you get to, well, it's basically the kind of thing that you get back what you put in. Yeah, so yeah. if you just stay in a corner and enjoy what's happening, you you won't be in, involved in investigating or whatever. But I, I did a bit, not the full thing, but I I, I participated a bit. Sure. And at the end of that, you so you've got the screening. Obviously, that's the main event. And it was two huge uh, screens with a film, and uh, between the two, there were some like um, scaffoldings. Well, where where actors could uh, interact and also just in front. Uh, but as I didn't see the movie a bit before, I was actually, at that time, when the screening happened, focused on the screens. So I, I must have missed uh, like 40% of what the actors were doing. In the, uh, oh, right, on, okay. On the, yeah, yeah. yeah, because the, those mediums are so not really mixing well if it's... Uh, I mean, it's it's medium. Uh, the the media are so are so different, like theater and uh, stage and and screen. Too much, too much stimulus. Well, me and Anuka, we've seen we saw a German production of um, Ibsen's uh, Miss Julie. That's not Ibsen. Stein Steinbeck Stein Steinberg Stein Steinberry. That's how it's uh, I'm uh, pronounced. I'm absolutely sure it's Ibsen. It's not Ibsen. Oh, it might be Ibsen. Yeah, I think it is. Is it? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's Go on, carry on. It's not Ibsen. It's like it's Strindberg. Oh, and thank wah, you, wah, wah. thank you, and thanks you, everyone. And you pronounce it Str- Strindberg or something? Hang on, Strindberg. Who was it? Who was it? Yeah. Strindberg. Strindberg. It was uh, Miss Julie by Strindberg. Yeah, and edit that so it looks like I got it right in the first no! place, and then it's like, no, it's not. No, no. Ah, oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay. we saw that, and it was like they had the foley at the side of the stage, and they were they were filming it. It was like the production was a, a movie. It was one of the most incredible things I've so ever you, seen. You were watching the actors being filmed, and you had the uh, people walking on gravel, like the, they had little like boxes of gravel. So when she was walking on like towards the house, you could hear her footsteps and all this kind of. So you're watching oh, like the them f- being filmed. The fully made live. Yeah, the foley was on the side of the stage, and everything felt, you know, so lighting and they had sorting a, ca- like cables out and all. And this they stuff. had um, they had a scale, so, they had a scale double for her as well, so that they could they yeah. had, could use her for close ups. They had another yeah. actress that was a close ups for the Miss Julie. Well, it wasn't even Miss Julie actually. It was about the 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 side character of the the maid, the maid, which is the partner at the time of the 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 guy that miss julie falls in love with the, yeah, the yeah. Yeah. yeah and how she's kind of left behind yeah, and so, no one thinks about her and yeah. she's kind of really really depressed about it but anyway it, the, the, but the only way that we were able to really enjoy it was because we'd kind of studied miss julie before and so we really knew what was going on um and th- in that way we enjoyed it but if so, i didn't know the story and if i hadn't seen it before i might have been like yeah. so overwhelmed so like that's, so much going that's the on. same that you what jan means is like you need yeah. to you need to know that story so well be like I, I i if they're listening which i know they are please please do an alien one gotta do secret secret cinema presents alien like oh building the nostromo and having like the flickering lights and that sort of thing that can be easily done that be amazing stick it in a warehouse done it's 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 easy to do when have like the an alien have one alien not many just have one so that it's let it's more nerve-wracking if it turns up mm-hmm. um that would be incredible they had from the outside you could see the world terminus building with massive letters Wow. So it's not a. I don't know what the building is usually, but World Terminus is a thing. It's a. It's a. It's a thing from that universe. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was like. Uh, it's. It's funny because I was a bit. I was worried I was going to be a bit late, so I was like sharp, right on time almost. Mm-hmm. And from the um, subway station, which is probably a five-minute walk, uh, looking at the buildings around, I actually saw the World Terminus sign. So I knew. Uh, right away where I had to, to go. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's that's oh, wow. quite impressive. That's, that's great. very cool. That's super good. Uh, but they did the Star Wars, they did the Back to the Future. I, 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 oh, I don't... Can you imagine building Hill Valley? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, they did. They, I think they did an Avatar one at some point. Their, um, their next one is Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo and Juliet, which, yeah, will, the, be, which will be the, it'll be the ballroom for sure. It'll be the, yeah. the where they meet. It has to be. With the mask. Yeah, and the balcony sort of stuff. It'll be, it'll be great. The whole of uh, August. And, and those, 
It's so the, t- the VIP ticket was around uh, 120. That's actually not bad for what you're describing the yeah, event is actually. That's okay. When, but yeah, I think when you're VIP, you get directed towards more exciting stuff. I suspect because there are like VIP areas, right? And in in terms of what happens really on site, if you get directed to uh, some lieutenant office and uh, well, lieutenant office, and uh, I, I suspect that was for a VIP was well, I, I'm not entirely sure, but they interacted in a mm. in a way which made yeah. it nice. Uh, Very to, cool. Uh, to, oh yeah, yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, those special experience, the theater experience, like uh, Somni I talked in the previous episode, yeah. or something I heard very recently which is quite ballsy micro theater okay so like basically you go to people's homes and you perform a play for like a family or two people oh excellent that's that's the thing yeah i've heard that happen i mean um i when mark toured blackbird i believe it was um they might not have been them but i know somebody that toured a show and they had nobody they had like three people there so they just took it and did it in like their front room for their family that's very cool actually that that's kind of intimate and nice yeah I love I love how everyone's experimenting with theater though. I think it's so it's so cool. We actually had that idea at one point. I'm sure I had an idea at one point. It's like why don't we cuz we had a massive living room in our old our old flat. I was like we could easily put something on here and, and do something with this room. Yeah, yeah. I I'd, I'd love to do that. Um it it, ta- it obviously it just takes a lot. Mm. Um and also I'm not sure how legal it is if your landlord doesn't know that you're making <laughs> money off of something that is theirs. So there's kind of landlord d- agreements and stuff that you probably yeah, have to talk it's, about. It's, so. it's, it's all a big, it's all a big, uh, Palava. there's so much red tape to get stuff done sometimes. Mm. It's yeah. like in the subletting territory kind of. Uh. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. God. But the, all that conversation is entirely relevant because this never ending story was all about world building. So, you know, it's, it's all, it's all relevant. Yeah, it'd be um, interesting to see that in the theatre. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean that that it's well, we we talked about how it's inspired so many other um, fantasy things. I mean, it super holds up. I really yeah. enjoyed it. There are definite scenes where you were like, "Oh, actually, they used that in that film," and "Oh, I've seen that before." And so it's definitely yeah. an inspirational film. Yeah. yeah so it, yeah, it may be re-released because these days you get all those uh, Cineworld classics. I wouldn't uh, be surprised me that, yeah. yeah. I think it's a classic. I saw Easy Rider for the first time ever yesterday night. Wow, okay. Uh-huh. At Cineworld, yeah. And yes. Predator, well, it was not the first time, but on on a screen for sure uh, six months ago. And uh, you get all those... We uh, just missed the... Um, it was 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes. Uh, which was released everywhere, actually. It was a 70... Was it 70 years? No, it can't have been. 50 years, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, anniversary of it, which is like, wow, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, because it was a 70s movie. Um, um, so the rating, yeah, the rating is different on this one. Um, because we're looking in the vault, Anouk, yeah, is this staying in the vault? Yes, for sure. It, it's definitely like nostalgic, though. I'm not sure how I'd feel just watching it like the other day, it, how I'd think about it, but it's like, I think it's very good and staying in the vault. But I would also say nostalgic, inspirational. Okay, so that is staying in the vault. Cool. There we go. Cool. Uh, I have a question for you guys. So it will probably make more sense for uh, people watching the episode. But behind us on the wall, so right now we we have what is called a displate, which is a metallic uh, poster. So what do you reckon? How many do you reckon we should put, and how high? We should put uh, those because I have in my room, I have all the black and white that I've posted pictures of, mm. uh, but I still have though some resembling like these ones. And I uh, also plan that the one on the wall is Baby Driver right now. Well, not exactly on the wall because I was waiting on your uh, opinion before stucking that magnet on the wall <laughs> uh, or whether or not we put two or three. Um, uh, for back there... Yeah, what do, what do you what does our audience think? I think you they should. We'll stick it on Instagram. We'll do an Instagram poll. Yeah, for that, that as well. But I think you could get like three, maybe between the the plant, the, between the candle holders. Right? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what kind of look would be good because sometimes it's nice if you like really crowd them in and like make yeah. it really busy, or is it nice to only have like two or three? Like, yeah, I mean, I went full uh, crowded in my bedroom. It's just like <laughs> it's it's. it's 
It's a bit, yeah. I, uh, I didn't remember that my brother had one. He has the um, Interceptor V8 Max uh-huh. uh, because they do. Uh, there is a series on that website where it's just in the background. It's like a kind of a drawing uh, on the background, the car and the foreground the actual character i know this i know this company yeah 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 i know this yeah i did not do any unboxing because i was annoyed by the uh, voucher policy and i didn't um, <laughs> unbox the last exit to nowhere either because it's supposed to be discreet nerd apparel so it would defeat the purpose to actually unbox that kind of stuff yeah uh but yeah i'm actually wearing a um, punxsutawney field t-shirt I'm very jealous of the Jan's got an Astromo uh, beanie. I'm very jealous of. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, I kind of want one of the the caps that. Um, what's his face? Where's he just recently passed away as well? Um, ah, yes. Um, he gets killed. He, he's first off because he thinks it's the cat, and then oh, I can't oh, remember his name. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. We talked about him actually in the episode. What is his name? <laughs> oh, I hate this when it happens. It's Parker. In, no, it's not Parker in the film, is it? Is it Parker? Harry Dean. Harry Dean Stanton. Stanton, yeah. yeah. He's got a, a baseball cap within the Stromo with the logo, so I quite like I quite like to get my hands on that. But yeah. Okay, well, I think this was uh, this was the first entry into the vault. Yes. Um, and yeah. the film is staying in the vault. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... I think uh, I think actually we are uh, we are good. Yeah, yeah I let's think wrap so too. up. All right, and, uh, thanks nice, guys. Nice to be back. Nice to be back. Nice to be nice back. back. Oh. Summer setting. New setting. Yes. Uh, so warm here. Oh yeah, my so gosh. What, what should we say? Uh, because I'll try to actually have this out tomorrow. Oh wow! <laughs> because yes. to have all uh, well during the weekend, but to make sure we have one uh, for that week. Yeah, yeah. Standard oh. week. Uh, so, what do you reckon should be our next one? As I said. I don't remember I told you. I, I really would like either to do a double bill of Sicario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or just the first one if the second one is just crap. Right, okay. okay. Uh, because the first one is really something. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, well, we do have, because me and Jan have both played extensively, we could we could discuss Detroit becoming Become Human. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a very valid option. Uh, I also think that I need to go back to doing that one film a day thing because i need to start watching films <laughs> i haven't seen set, um, any i think detroit would be the easiest to get around because we've played it so much i know that but i know that story like the back of my hand now mm-hmm. uh, i think that would be the easiest one to discuss next whether it at that episode comes out i do not know because we might run out of things to say with that pretty quickly <laughs> who knows well it ha- yeah yeah i um I, don't, I know that yesterday i went to watch four movies actually i watched sicario here in the morning Jesus. in the house then I went to see <laughs> the first Verge, oh uh, god, yeah. which is quite. A, I liked the first three movies, so I said, "Yeah, well, I haven't seen any in the um, theater, so let's go." Yeah, uh, it was not a good idea. So <laughs> l- l- luckily, I had um, what was it afterwards? Hereditary. Oh yeah, yes, which was interesting, uh, divisive. A mm-hmm. few things to say about it. We cool. should probably do an episode on this one. Yeah, All I right. do want to see it. Um, cool. uh, it's it's been penned. Um, well, it's been said that uh, this is uh, the new Exorcist. So uh, whether it is or I doubt that <laughs> it's not that far off till um, uh, Ghost Story comes out, right? Is it this month or next month? We get the, di- the digitals uh, out next month. Next month, okay. yeah, yeah. And it's been postponed a few, so that's like mi- right, mi- okay. mid uh, mid August. Um, I definitely want to discuss both Ghostbusters at some point. Yeah, as well. So let's do that. The, what the new one? Both the first ah, one and mm. the new one. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, anytime we have something, sometime free because we have we've seen we've, both. we've seen both. We've seen both. And yes. it's funny because the second one is universally hated, but I actually enjoyed it a lot. The Ghostbusters Ghost- too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a cousin's family thing. Yeah, right. More mm-hmm. than yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll through what we've got here and then get back to you and we'll hear the new episodes um we will come back pretty hard this coming month we'll get a few yes. done uh, to make yes. up for june uh-huh. um yeah so yeah yes thanks for listening thank you cheers bye, bye guys bye now bye <laughs>